Outside the Tank is not affiliated with Shark Tank. Welcome to Outside the Tank, the first podcast in the world that interviews the entrepreneurs featured on Shark Tank. We get the inside scoop on how they got there, what lessons they learned, their biggest regrets, what didn't air on TV, what has happened to them since, and so much more. Prepare to be informed, inspired, and entertained. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. I'm Tom. I'm, I, I'm Joe. I'm in here. Yes. Anyway. And if you don't know what we're talking about... Uh, we are wearing, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, and we'll post pictures on social media. We are wearing our original comfies um, that Brian was so kind enough to send us. Joe has his hood on and sunglasses on. And peeking out of this is his brand new Tommy Bahama shirt that he got uh, a few weeks ago for Father's Day. This is the same outfit I'm going to wear when I go into a federal witness protection program. And it's only a matter of time. And we, we are, candidly, we're auditioning to be uh, future pitchmen for the original Comfy. So not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. No, <laughs> uh, absolutely not. So here's the deal. Brian and his brother, Michael, the original Comfy, you're going to hear the whole story about how they came up with this. Back in 2017, they're on Shark Tank. So there's a lot of history and a lot of stuff we're going to cover since then. But when they went in there, no sales, okay? They'd been around for six months with this thing, 50000 for 20%. And Brian, if that offer still stands, I will take it. I'll, take a, I'll take a piece of it. Yes, <laughs> because when do you hear about this growth? You're going to love, love it. It's one of our favorite interviews, favorite stories. It's just incredible. But as you can tell, if you're watching, it's basically a really big hoodie uh, that serves as a blanket. It's This is our first time wearing these. Brian was kind enough to send us a few. It, it's way more comfortable than I would have thought. One I mean, size fits are, all, reversible, really comfy. I've had three cups of coffee, and it's still making me sleepy. I want to take a nap. This is great. Well, you know the deal. You don't get your nap till 2 p.m. Oh, okay. So, when, do I get, when do I get my sandwich? Uh, your first sandwich? 8.30 <laughs> in the morning, obviously. So they go into the show, they say, look, it's a $40 product, it's 17 landed, uh, we have no sales, so <laughs> good luck. Yeah. All right, so what happened? I think it scared a few of the sharks it away, uh, but Robert made an offer, Barb came back, they went back and forth just a little bit, but they settled on 50000 for 30%, Barb was the big winner here. And spoiler alert, she did okay with this one. In fact... <laughs> It's her best deal she's ever done on Shark Tank at the time that we're recording this. Such a cool story. I hope you enjoy our interview with Brian. All right, we're here with Brian of the original Comfy. I could see you walking around the office with one of these things. Yeah, I I want a Comfy badly. (laughs) It would go well because he he takes a nap every afternoon. This is what I have to do now. That's the best I could do. Well, Brian, we so appreciate you joining us. And, you know, gosh, it's been three and a half years since you aired on Shark Tank. So I'm, I'm sure there is a great deal of uh, stuff to talk about and updates. But uh, start off at the beginning. Where did you come up with the idea for the original comfy that you pitched the Sharks to? Yeah, we came up with the idea in uh, the living room of my old house. Uh, my brother 
uh, it just it goes to show you that that you got to look for opportunities in even the darkest of times. My brother was going through a divorce, uh, absolutely brutal time in his life. He was staying at my house. He wakes up one morning, he comes walking through the uh, living room, all downtrodden and sullen, and he looks off to the side and he sees my seven year old son at the time, Saxon, who's sitting there on the couch playing a video game on his iPad wearing one of my old hoodies, my old Arizona Cardinals hoodies, all right? So it's gigantic on him. It swallows him up. My brother just kind of looks at him. He's like, man, Saxon, you look so warm and, and comfortable that, bro, you think they make something like that for adults? We're like, what, an oversized hoodie? I mean, I mean, whatever. Of course, they probably do. Over the back of the couch was one of those, you know, Sherpa-lined blankets that you get at Costco, right? Right. Um, soft and snuggly. And we kind of looked at that and go, well, what if we made, what if we made a, like, like a wearable blanket out of this blanket material? And, and that's just kind of where the idea came from. It was, it was a definite light bulb uh, kind of moment where like, surely someone has thought of this before. <laughs> uh, we went on, we did all the research and to our shock, uh, no one had come up with anything like this before. So, you know, you know what we said, what the heck, let's go for it. And, uh, and, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, and they, you know, they kept mentioning the Snuggie, and we can get more into that. But oh, I, I didn't, I just didn't even see that it was that close of resemblance. I thought it was a completely yeah. different product, and I, I just didn't understand the fixation with that. So you come up with the idea. How did you create a prototype? Did you know someone that sewed, or did you contract it out to someone? Where did you actually create one to see what you even thought of it? You know, it's part of the grind of entrepreneurship is trying to figure things out uh, as you go, um, rather than getting stuck and trying to look for the most the most perfect solution to everything. You know, we just took the the attitude that we were going to figure it out as we went, and that naive kind of attitude I think we had is what is what got us so far so fast. But we happened to find a prototype maker who made uh, clothing apparel type things uh, in Mesa, Arizona, of all places. Uh, we're in Phoenix, as you guys are. You're in the in the valley. I uh, have no idea how a couple of single dads at the time from the desert came up with an idea for a wearable blanket, but we did. And we happened to find a prototype maker in Mesa, Arizona. Um, we took the idea to him. He's like, what? A blank blanket that looks. Yeah, he was uh, he, he was a little blown away by it. Uh, everybody kind of looked at us like we were crazy. Um, but he came up with a prototype within uh, probably a month. And it was close to what it uh, turned out to be uh, that, that you ended up seeing on the show and kind of uh, what, it, what it looks like today. So we got uh, very fortunate to find someone in Arizona. This is an Arizona made product, somehow <laughs> a wearable blanket to keep you warm in the heart of the desert. It makes no sense. Right, guys? Yeah. You, you think like somebody from like Fargo, North Dakota is going to come up <laughs> yeah, with that. Right. Yeah, it's well, some it guys has, in, in July in, in Phoenix. You know, at the yeah. of this, it's February. It's been cold in the morning, but uh, our cold yeah. weather last for about uh, a month or two but yeah that's that's phenomenal and you know i i gotta tell you uh when you guys went on you did that you did that great song it was the first time <laughs> i've seen almost universal applause almost a standing ovation they absolutely <laughs> that felt really really good because let me tell you about how nervous we were to do that because <laughs> neither one of us neither one of us are singers as you as you noticed <laughs> Um, we did that the first time when we auditioned for the show in May, back in uh, back in May. We aired in December, um, so about six months prior, we we did that uh, in, in, at our audition in Denver, and that was actually more nerve wracking than it was going on the set and doing it. Because when you audition for Shark Tank, uh, you go into a room after waiting for hours, and there's there are five different tables around the room, right, with a casting producer at each one, and uh, so you so so we knew that we were going to go in there. There are going to be other people pitching at the same time. 
I mean, kind of felt a little bit bad because we knew how loud we were going to be and we knew we were just going to drown everybody out, which, which we didn't want to do. But, you know, we figured this is our moment. We were just going to go for it. And that casting producer was sitting there. It was at the end of the day. She's like, yeah, okay, you got this, what, this blanket. Okay, cool. You know, she's just kind of like worn out. And we're, we go, just so you know, this is, this is going to be a little loud. So here we go. And we just belted into that song and she just perked right up, took her phone out, fumbling for it, started <laughs> recording us, big smiles. Um, so that gave us a lot of confidence, a lot of energy uh, going into the actual uh, Shark Tank performance, uh, I right. guess you could say. But yeah, that was amazing to see the Sharks reactions, everybody laughing, having a good time. That definitely helped uh, settle us down as we got into the rest of our pitch. You know, I'm curious, you guys got on the show super, super early. What do you yeah. attribute that to? Just being kind of cool with an interesting story? Because, you know, you guys, I mean, you went. No, you, no website, no real product at the time. And then no you, real clue. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, you have all the wrong answers, but I, I, I like you, you guys. We just yeah, love you guys. Just, I mean, you would have, you, 99% of the time, you would have just got shredded in that situation. So, yeah, what, what was it that was different with you guys? You know, I think, uh, I think they liked us for whatever reason. I think they liked us. Um, uh, and that's why we were able to get through the process fairly quickly. They called us right after that audition in May that I had mentioned. Um, and we started go- working our way through the process. Took about, you know, four or five months to get through it. Um, and all along the way, they make you nervous. Every step of the way, they're like, you know, just because we're talking to you right now doesn't mean you're going to go to L.A. When you go to L.A., just because you're in L.A. right now doesn't mean you're going to pitch the Sharks. When you get on the lot, just because you're on the lot doesn't mean you're going to pitch the Sharks. And then after you pitch pitch the Sharks, they say, just because you pitch the Sharks doesn't mean it's going to be on the air. <laughs> and just because we tell you it's going to be on the air, on the air, well, some big news event could happen, you still might not air. So they make you nervous every single step of the way. And actually, because you guys said right there that we were new, uh, we were essentially a startup with, uh, you know, a few prototypes and and uh, no real business behind us yet. And, you know, that really got back to the essence of what Shark Tank, I think, was back in the beginning. As we were, we are in season nine, it's so far along, along the road, it became, what's your valuation? What's your customer acquisition cost? What's, you know, how much money have you made? Show us what you've done. You know, we were the true, you know, American dream startup kind of thing to get in at the ground floor. They hadn't done a lot of those. And in in I think like the four seasons prior to us, so we somehow managed to get our way through. They told us no every step of the way. Our producer went dark on us at the end, and she actually said, you know what, guys? They decided you guys are too, you're too new. Um, so thanks anyway. We'd like to see you next year. Uh, come back next year. They actually told us that a week before we went to L.A. Um, so my brother and I, we had a little pity party for about two minutes. Uh, then I grabbed my video camera, and I said, you know what? Screw that. If we're going to go down, we don't know if Shark Tank's even coming back next year. It's a year-to-year proposition, right? This is our chance of a lifetime. We've got them on the hook. Uh, so I took our took my video camera. We went over to my brother's house and we filmed the top five reasons why you cannot say no to the company on Shark Tank. And we filmed that. We had a great time with it. We were laughing. We sang more songs. Um, we sent that to our producer. Uh, she took it to the showrunner, Clay Newble, the next day. And by that afternoon, they said, all right, guys, see you in L.A. next week. So <laughs> never take no for an answer, guys. Never take no for an answer. Earlier, earlier this morning, we spoke to the gentleman that they bumped to put you guys. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I just wrote down before you said that. I just wrote down. Won't take no for an answer. No, just, never, never. It's a big lesson in business. I'll, I'll yeah. So going to be told guys, no every step of the way. So you guys aired December 2017. Tell us about the, you know, first couple of days after airing. What happened to the business? You know, 
Did you have a website at that point? Were you taking orders? How much inventory did you have? Because obviously you had none of those things when you actually did the pitch. Yeah, we filmed in September of 2017, aired on December 3rd. So there was only a two, you know, two or three month gap there. Um, and during that whole time, again, we, we created the product, came up with the idea for the product in February of that same year. So to go from the idea for the product to standing in front of the sharks in just over six months was uh, it was a breakneck ride. Everyone told us we were nuts. Our prototype makers like, yeah, this is great. This you guys, you guys will not have this ready to go to market until at least the summer of 2018, which is a year and a half and away. That's more, you know, that's just a common timetable. But again, that being naive to the whole process, not taking no for an answer, saying, you know, why not us? Why can't we do it? Um, we, we just took that attitude the entire, the entire time, uh, continued to create the product as we went through the audition process with Shark Tank, somehow got our website done, got our photos done, um, and had our first order uh, ready to be shipped over by the time that we, uh, stood in front of the sharks on, on shark tank. And, uh, uh, the first night was great. We did, uh, we sold out of our entire 4,000 units that we had on the way over, <laughs> um, and then began a waiting list immediately. The shark tank bump, you know, it's real, but it doesn't last long after about a week, everything went way down again. And then suddenly we had this viral video that got picked up everywhere, uh, at the, in the beginning of January, um, about a month after our appearance. And it didn't have anything to do with Shark Tank. And suddenly we were selling into, I think we were sold into 66 countries in January. Uh, just went viral, went bonkers. Uh, we're suddenly back ordered for five months. People were giving us our, their money, not knowing they were going to get the product for five months. Um, and it's just kind of been like that ever since. It's been just a, a nonstop breakneck kind of kind of ride that's been the it's been the ride of a lifetime and the, and the dream of a lifetime frankly tell tell us about that viral video is that something that you and yeah. your brother shot just being goofballs or did you hire yeah. someone to do it what what was the video and, and what what happened with it yeah that was one of the advantages we had is that my my entire background my entire career before this was in tv and video production uh and my brother uh he had a pool cleaning business uh, as you guys know, and out here in Arizona, there's a lot of pools. So he was doing really well with that. But uh, uh, that was uh, really what helped, I think, you know, kind of get us over the top when we we had the ability to make those videos. And that's all we did. We had fun with it. We It was this, this goofy as seen on TV product, was which is kind of how we were pitching it uh, in the beginning. Um, it's goofy. It's fun. Uh, and somehow it just resonated with people on Facebook, especially, and people just started sharing it. It was over a hundred million views, like within the first like week. Uh, it was crazy. We couldn't we couldn't keep up with the demand. So that's really the thing that I think that pushed us over the top. But you can't do any of it without a without an incredible product. And what we have, the company is, uh, we've been saying it forever. It's a product of a lifetime. It's for everyone. Um, and we're just uh, we're we're really fortunate that we're uh, that we're behind it. Did the uh, deal with Barb happen or did it fall through? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. no, it didn't fall through. No, Great. no. We, that, everything that you saw happen on the show is how it ended up. I know that's not how, how, it, how it always goes, but everything that happened on the show, 30%, $50,000, uh, and now we are Barb's most profitable, profitable investment in her 12 seasons on the show and one of the most successful companies uh, in Shark Tank history, period. So. Wow. Uh, I'm glad that she, I'm glad she took a chance on us. Uh, she, uh, she liked us. She, uh, she got lucky. You got lucky, Barb. Good job. You took a chance on the comfy bros and it paid off for you. Both, uh, yeah. Both of you were fortunate. I want to, before we get off the shark tank, we want to find out what's going on now, how you got there. It sounds like there's a lot of great news, but uh, Robert said your margin was going to be eaten up by uh, customer acquisition costs. Lori felt 
that there's a big elephant out there, that other competitor, and you're not unique enough. Uh, Mr. Wonderful oh, just went out without fighting words. making a comment, and uh, Mark Cuban thought you were just going to burn through cash. So none of that happened. Yeah, pretty funny. That, let's see. Let's see. Let's start with Mark. Uh, last week, we just said his entire family, uh, an entire package of uh, of comfies because they requested them, right? So <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, I believe Mr. Wonderful wanted to make an offer, but he thought it would be too crazy because we were too, too new. Uh, Lori? big chip on the shoulder that we've got with her for forever, you know, saying we're not unique enough. She was just kind of dismissive of us. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just goes to show you guys, the sharks don't know everything. They don't, they don't, they, 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 they it's a TV show. They're brilliant business people, yeah. but they don't know everything because if any of them had the chance to take a, take a, uh, take a second pass at the company, uh, none of them would, would turn it down. So, so it uh, I'm glad sound- the barber took a chance on us. I'm glad she did too. It doesn't sound like you were intimidated by the Sharks no. business background. No, no. I mean, you know, it's a chance of a lifetime. You're when you're standing up there, it's the most sacred ground in in entrepreneurship, right? It's a it's a privilege. It's an honor to be up there. You respect the heck out of each and every one of those sharks who've made a name for themselves by being incredible, incredible business people. But you can't be intimidated by them, and and you get the opportunity to be intimidated and by them right when they open those doors, right when you walk down that hallway, right when you stand in your spot, you stand there, right? And on TV, boom, you just start pitching. In reality, they tell you, okay, you get to your spot, you walk down that hall, you stand there, you're looking at the sharks, you've never seen them before. You have to stand there for 30 seconds to a minute while they get all the overhead dolly shots and the cutaways and things like that. So that's an opportunity to shrivel if you want, because you're staring at these people. If you watch on, we watch on TV for, you know, 10 years now. Um, and they're just staring right back at you, sizing you up. And, you know, we knew that was going to happen because we had, uh, we'd done our research. Um, and so we just made a point to just smile and just look every one of them in the eye and just go up and down, up and down the row. So there's an opportunity to be intimidated. We were scared to death about some of the questions we were going to get, such as the, uh, the dreaded, what's your customer acquisition cost, right? Well, we, we don't have any customers yet. So what the heck do we know? Um, so we just had fun with it. Like Robert said, you guys have the worst answers, but you're so nice about it. Uh, and that really ticked me off actually, when he said that on the show, but, uh, but my brother's like, why did that tick you off? It's like, we, we don't have the answers because we didn't have the product ready. So I'm like, okay, I'm just competitive. I just don't like people say something like that, but no, we definitely were not intimidated. We just figured it was the opportunity of a lifetime. And that's what it felt like. It felt like a dream the entire time standing on that set, looking at those, uh, looking at those people you've seen on TV for all those years. Amazing, amazing experience. So how's the business changed since you aired? Different products, different <laughs> SKUs. Where where are you now relative to where you were when you pitched it? Yeah, we started out with just the Comfy Original in three colors. And uh, the Comfy is just a gigantic, oversized blanket sweatshirt. Looks like a hoodie, some people say. Um, Sherpa lined on the inside. Uh, that's the original product that we had. Since then, we have the Comfy Dream, which is a uh, the, the same Comfy silhouette, but it's a uh, a single layer. So it's for uh, maybe more for Arizona and maybe, maybe more for, you know, if you want to take the edge off with your air conditioning, we've got the company teddy bear, which looks like a, ma- makes you feel like a big oversized teddy bear. Um, we're getting into uh, outdoor gear. We're getting into slippers, things like that. But uh, it, it, we're, we're, we're also trying to resist the temptation to expand too quickly into other categories because we have something that no one else has. Uh, well, I should say that no one had until all the knockoffs came along. But um, we own the we own the category. 
we created the category of wearable blankets. Um, so it's important for us to stay focused on that and not all this low hanging fruit doing slippers and blankets and comforters and things like that. That can come down the road, but we got to make sure we own the product that we that we created and not let anybody come in and steal uh, steal it from us. Because let me tell you something, guys, it's vicious out there. Yeah, the clothing business uh, is an interesting business in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, you might say that. So they, what, are the uh, next, what are the next 12 months look like for you? Is it, you know, are you focused on sales, distribution, new products? You know, as an entrepreneur, where's your focus in terms of growing the business? Making sure that, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, I, I can't say it enough, making sure that we keep our team focused on what it is that we do and what we do best and the space that we have created and the space that we own. And that we don't start branching out and getting distracted by doing uh, slippers and blankets and house housewares and things like that. Making sure that we own wearable blankets, that we're always innovating on air wearable blankets, uh, making our customers happy. That's uh, that's really all we do. And so for the next twelve months, the next two years, I'm, I'm gonna have the same answer no matter no matter when we no matter how long the time frame is. We have to do what we do. We have to own what we do and and not get distracted. And that's what Michael and I, my brother and co-founder, that's what that's what our focus is, is keeping our team um, focused on that. Because we have a full experienced uh, leadership team. Um, Michael and I, you know, are, are just really at the, at the highest level now, just, uh, you know, kind of overseeing things and making sure that, that people stay focused. We've got a very capable team running the day-to-day operations of the business. But yeah, it's important for us to keep everyone on track. Tell us about the team. Tell us about the formation of the team and what you learned putting putting it together. We have about twenty five people now, um, based out of uh, based in Oakland, California. Um, the one thing that I think that Michael and I learned uh, above all else is you have to be comfortable with what you don't know, and you have to be comfortable asking for help and realizing that. You know, we don't have all the answers. We came up with the idea. We're, we're the passion behind the brand. But there are much more capable, experienced people out there that can help us get to the next level. So as opposed to just, you know, holding on to it and trying to figure it out all as we, uh, as we went, you know, we hire very, very, very seasoned and experienced people. Our CEO spent eight years running Kenneth Cole. Uh, we've got people who've worked for the biggest, the, the, the biggest uh, companies out there. Um, just very smart, very capable people that we just kind of turn loose to say, okay, you guys, you know, you take it. Here's the direction. Here's where we see it going. You know, you guys take it. So for us getting out of the way, uh, I think is what accelerated the growth of the business more than anything else. Big lesson for entrepreneurs, be comfortable with what you don't know. Put your ego oh, in yeah. your pocket, Brian, and you don't have to be, you and your brother don't have to be the CEO of the company. No, that's that's exactly right. Know what you don't know. Um, you know, we could grind and, and worry about every tiny little decision. If we had done that, we still wouldn't have even gotten this thing gotten this thing started. Because I mean, the pursuit of perfection uh, can be the enemy of actual progress. So you can have it be perfect, or you can actually get the darn thing started. Have an idea, uh, go for it. Figure it out as you go. Um, it, it can be done. We're the 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 walking talking examples of that. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect right away. You can keep pursuing perfection as you're learning, as you're going. Because we didn't know we, we didn't know anything about this stuff, and we somehow got this off the ground in six months. So, you know, the, the difference is take you know take action. If you have an idea, get off the couch. Don't be afraid to do something about it. You can do it too. We're nothing special. 
were there any people that were influential in your growth and quick learning curve as an entrepreneur? You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to our parents. Our parents were the ones who, uh, you know, were always there for us, always believed in us. They gave us, uh, they loaned us each $50,000 to get this thing started, um, <laughs> which was a, which was a big freaking deal. Right. Um, yeah. Because we needed this. It's not cheap to start this kind of thing. Um, and they were paid back almost immediately. Thank goodness. I'm very happy to say that. But my mom, you know, growing up always would say, Hey, why not you? No matter what it is, why not you? Why not you? Why can't you guys do that? Why can't you do that? And I really think that that, you know, when you're hearing it's like, okay, mom, that's what a mom says, blah, blah, blah. But it really does, you know, sink in. And, uh, and I think just that, that mentality, why not you? Why not us? We're as good as anybody else. You say no, I say yes. No's, no's just a challenge, you know, to us. We'll figure out a way to do it. Oh, Costco doesn't want this right away. Okay, we're going to keep, we're going to find a way in and, and we find ways in, you find ways to make things happen. So I think that just overarching motherly advice, why not you? I really think that contributed significantly to where we uh, are today, as cheesy as that might sound. Um, I really do believe it. Well, it doesn't sound cheesy to me. Uh, we both have mothers like that that were great influences in our life. So that voice, you know, she's in heaven, but that voice of, hey, you could do, she used to say, you could do anything you want to do. There are no limits for you. And that voice is still inside my head today. So I get it. Absolutely. Love it. What are, you know, gosh, a little, uh, almost four years now, but what have you learned? And I know you've shared some great stuff with us and, and we appreciate it, but are there any other big lessons or things that you've learned that you would caution or share with the entrepreneurs listening to this? I, I would go back to what I've been saying. Don't be, don't be afraid, man. I mean, you've got an idea. I mean, why, why can't that, why can't your idea be the next, uh, be the next big thing. Um, get off the couch and do something about it. You know, if, it, if it's not working out, you're going to figure, you're going to figure it out before it, before it ruins you. I'm, you know, I'm guessing, um, you know, seed control, uh, let uh, experts do what, do what experts do. Don't take, take no for an answer. Um, you know, really just the things I've been saying. I mean, they're just, they're, they're just simple truths and, and simple principles that can, uh, that can, that can really help guide you. And, uh, yeah, the, the the giving up control is is might might be the biggest thing because that's hard for a lot of people. I know it's your baby, right? But um, if you can just if you if you find good people that that you trust that you can turn over control of your business to, um, we wouldn't be anywhere close to what we are today without those experienced people. So, well, know. correct me if I'm wrong, but I would assume that you know you and your brother just you know it may have not felt like that for you, but compared to normal people you guys moved fast as hell i mean just yeah. you know, just think about the fact that you were producing something that they said you wouldn't have in hand for another six plus months so yeah. i guess as we as we wrap up just you know what are your thoughts on that or anything that come to mind because i i just everything that you've shared it's just happened a lot faster than it probably should have or would for other people why is that you know, the it's it's having a co-founder who is who is your brother. That's uh, that's been very helpful. We have different skill sets, um, but we're each other's best friends and, and biggest fans. There's no like infighter or anything like that. I mean, we're we're family you know, no matter what. So I don't think that I think he would say the same thing. I don't think either one of us could have done it um, by ourselves. Uh, having Barbara and her team uh, in our corner significant. Every time we get off the phone with Barbara Corcoran, um, you know, we'll have one or two hour conversations with her sometimes. 
And we'll look at each other and just say, man, that was a masterclass in business right there. Wow. That's stuff that we had never thought about before. They're just, she's just so smart and so seasoned and, 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 and so experienced. But, you know, I just think it's that whole entrepreneurial attitude of just don't take no for an answer. We were told no every single step of the way. Now we've got all these knockoffs out there, over 500 companies that we've identified that are knocking us off, selling counterfeit products, selling knockoff products in the wearable blanket space. Guess what, guys? We got nine patents. We got trademarks. We're coming after every single one of them. So big, uh, big mistake to you guys. But no, no, yeah, don't take no for an answer. Um, and don't sit back and let anybody walk on you like some of these, you know, these as seen on TV companies who, who came after us and tried to create the, the Huggle hoodie and the hoodie and these, 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 these knockoff products um, that look exactly like ours. You know, we, Michael and I look at each other and we say, we say they exist only because of us. You know, we're the ones who came up with the idea. We're the ones who came up with the money. We're the ones who got it on Shark Tank. We're the ones who made it happen. So now we're going to have absolutely no uh, hesitancy to sit back and not go and, and sue their butts out of existence. So, um, yeah, don't take <laughs> no for an answer. Seed control and do not let anybody walk all over you. How about that? Love it. Love it. Last question. Where can uh, folks find the uh, product? Where's the best place to buy it? And how can they follow you on social media? Man, you follow us at the, the original company. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok. That's been fun lately. Um, Facebook, uh, thecompany.com is uh, where you can find all of our products, as well as Amazon, Costco, Bed Bath and Beyond, Kohl's. We're we're just uh, we're we're in a lot of places. We're uh, we're having a lot of fun with it, guys. And appreciate the opportunity. Go, you go guys having the us original. On. Go get the dream. Go get the teddy bear. The teddy bear. You I know have, it, man. Go get them. I have one last question for you. Technically, Saxon inspired this product does he get a royalty for every unit sold i think he's going to be doing okay when all of a sudden done <laughs> just a just a hunch the little booger boy i tell you he gets he it's also been fun giving our kids a lesson in entrepreneurship as well yeah. we talk about those knockoffs and things like that oh he gets so mad it's so great to see <laughs> well, college is paid for a young man we'll call it even <laughs> <laughs> you know it take care thank you so much for joining us thanks yeah, Brian. thank you guys All right, we're back. Uh, this is the post game. We take this very seriously, so our comfies are off. <laughs> Took the comfy off. We're, so, we're back. We're back to wearing a t-shirt and a Tommy Bahama shirt. Exactly. We're, we're back to business mode here. And this was obviously a great story. You heard it all. We're just going to recap. This is our post game. By the way, go to growth ten the number ten com. It's right here on this t-shirt that was under the comfy. If you want to chat with us, we'd love to chat. And also go to OutsideTheTank.com and grab a free book. It's a brand new book. It's called Entrepreneurial Landmines. You wrote it. I wrote it. We wrote it together. We want to give you a free Audible and ebook version. Yeah, there's two things that we always offer for those of you that have listened to past episodes know. If you own a business and you want to jump on a Zoom with us for 25 minutes and do an unpacking strategy session of your business, we're always happy to do that. We're going to ask you some very uh, difficult, uncomfortable questions that no one has asked you uh, about your business, and your answers are going to uncover some really cool stuff. So we'd love to do that for you, complimentary, anytime. We enjoy doing that. The other thing is the Entrepreneurial Landmines book. Go to OutsideTheTank.com. You get a free copy. Um, you can read it. You can listen to it. Uh, we just want entrepreneurs to learn some of the big mistakes that other entrepreneurs make so they can avoid them and scale their business faster. So takeaways from Brian. Five things. First of all, uh, Brian considered himself and his brother very naive 
and they'd figure things out as they uh, went along. So <laughs> I love that. I, I love that, hey, we'll figure this out. Great confidence, didn't get hung up. And actually, uh, one of the other points went hand in hand with that. I think uh, Brian said, perfection is the enemy of progress. That's what I wrote down. And we practice that, we embody that. It, it, is something gonna be perfect? No, but don't, you know, don't let that stand your way. Get started. How do you get started? You get started. So I love that. They were naive and they figured it out as they went along. Uh, also, uh, he wouldn't take no for an answer. And he actually, to get on the show, he kind of threw a Hail Mary video out there. And he believes no is actually just a starting point. So this guy's a dyed-in-the-wool salesperson, which I also love. Number three, uh, they resisted temptations to expand too quickly, Tom, and we see that a lot. You could add a lot of skews to a business like this and lose focus, but they, they want to uh, uh, maintain a killer focus on their core product, and I think they did a very good job of that. And uh, last point, it, it, just a great comment, be comfortable about what you don't know. Don't be fearful, don't be that concerned, just go figure it out, go seek out the answers. Be comfortable with some of the things you don't know, surround yourself with great role players. Love it. So a couple others I'll add to that, uh, you know, not to stop looking for opportunities because this was just some stupid, dumb luck, out of nowhere idea, but you never know where these ideas are going to come from. And so many of the Shark Tank participants that we've talked to, they just, hey, I saw this or thought about this and built it and what the hell, here I am. And it's just, you know, don't overthink this. Not everything um, has to be this super innovative you know, uh, thing. It just needs to be something that people will buy. Um, you know, being different with the song, like you said, that's what got him on the show. I love this quote, why not us? You yeah. know, why not yeah. us? Uh, don't take no for an answer, right? Um, yeah, he also talked about the sharks don't know everything. So, uh, you know, and, and that's not a knock against the sharks. It's just no five people that are uh, you're pitching your business to, uh, no five family members of yours, no five panelists on Shark Tank uh, necessarily are right. Uh, you know, I know as I was building and scaling my business, there were a lot of people that told me no, uh, including people that I love and care about, people that I've known for many years thought, hey, you know, you're, you're off the you know, right track. You're on the wrong track. You're, uh, you know, that's not a good idea or you're not the right age to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm sure you've been told no many times as well. And so not everyone knows everything. And if you believe in something enough, just effing do it. Okay. Um, the focus is so important. Yeah, you know, I, I could see where um, this could have turned into, we're going to make comfortable hats and we're going to make comfortable pants and we're going to, and not that they're not eventually expanded to other stuff, but they could have fallen in the trap, you know, two years into this of, well, now that we're selling all these, let's create 20 other SKUs. And in fact, we've had guests on here. I don't know if those episodes have aired or not, but I know people have over right? for lack of and a better and term. And then they had to come back down to. Yeah. And they admit, they, they admit yeah. that and they know they should have. Um, so just great stuff. You know, the last thing I'll say, and I, you know, I'll tell you that before, before we started doing this, um, and, and having all these interviews, I don't think I would have realized how important this is of having a business partner. 
of having someone to push you, of having someone to bounce ideas off of. And this brother combination, I mean, they're just two aggressive entrepreneurs that push each other and pick each other up and challenge each other. And it's such a really cool dynamic. So if you have the ability to have a co-founder, to have a partner, I recommend it. Um, yeah, if you don't, find a peer group. Find a, yeah, <laughs> find a peer group. Build out a leadership team. Have a board of advisors. Figure out a way to surround yourself with people that can make sure that you're not sitting on a lonely island by yourself trying yep. to figure all this out. Absolutely. So another great episode. I mean, they're absolutely killing it. Uh, it was not the... Um, most scientifically advanced uh, product that's ever been on Shark Tank. And guess what? It doesn't matter because they're killing it. They're great guys. We're so happy for them. We appreciate our Shout out to Brian. Thanks for the company. Thank you. And uh, (laughs) we'll see you next week on an all-new episode every Tuesday of Outside the Tank.